Are you ready to experience something extraordinary? Cultural gems in Croatia, ancient temples in Asia, art in Italy. We'll take care of everything. Flights, accommodation, excursions, local guides and all that planning. Travel department. Let's see more. Tony Downey, born in Drumahair, County Leitrim. I taught in England for 40 years, first in two London schools, then two colleges in Birmingham, deputy head in the Black Country, and finally head teacher in Burton. I told lots of stories. I loved it. Then came time to retire. I began to write as an accidental hobby. The first short story was nervously shared with a few friends who encouraged me to keep going. I did. And soon a collection of stories was emerging. So here it is for anyone interested in this man's journey from Leitrim to Birmingham. I suppose the subtext is that Leitrim is often overlooked and those taking the boat are also overlooked. Overlooked twice. This is a glimpse into their journey. As retirement approached, I didn't want to be a consultant or an Ofsted inspector. I opted to learn to play traditional Irish music on the flute. And so began a slow, very late apprenticeship. I'm a firm believer, I have to be, in the promise that patience and perseverance got the snail to Jerusalem. The stories are scarcely veiled, semi-autobiographical stories about Leitrim to Birmingham. Godparents. Dad asked us, had we heard the one about the professor? Well, we had, but it was worth the collusion without a hint of guilt to hear it again. It was prefaced by a context, the collision of three languages, creating an English with extras. Here we are with the English of the market and the press, the Irish of the past, or more correctly Gaelga, and the smattering of Scots Ulster from a local settlement. The collision, or elision, he said, consisted of a bit of each. Oh, oh yes, and Latin for church. The story, one of Dad's favourites, was about a Dublin professor who was archiving the remaining Irish speakers, and he had come to the area to interview and record the last Irish speaker locally. First, he suggests that the decline of the language was terminal and intentional policy, colonial policy. But patchy and pockets of Irish-speaking areas had survived, including one locally. The last speaker, an old woman, was to be interviewed by the Dublin professor. She tidied up her house for the guests, the professor and his assistant, whose role was to manage the huge tape recording machine. Even though she was an efficient technical assistant, the old woman didn't take to her. And she felt the younger woman was bored and disinterested, even felt a tone of urban condescension. There was a tension anyway. The interview was entirely in Irish, asked Gaelga. Every effort was made by the professor to glean from the interview how the family and community had continued to speak Asgeilga while English had become the norm. He also complimented her many achievements, a legacy of a unique way of speaking, Leitrim Irish, 
and she was the last of them. His fascination was about the unique lineage of Donegal Irish and Connacht Irish in this borderland. Oh, by now the assistant was bored. Or was she jealous of the professor's praise of this countrywoman? After tea and drinks, the atmosphere was like one of old friends. The assumption was that she had no English, just Irish. He coaxed her to sing, a gem for the tape. She agreed and launched into Roisin Du. The assistant was embarrassed. And once the singer came to a high note, her voice cracked. The assistant laughed at the old woman's predicament. Outraged, the old woman turned to her and in unmistaken English said, Will you ever just... Uh, lots of Anglo-Saxon words which everyone understood. So there we had the characters of the play. Dublin with its universities and its urban modern types down for a visit. Down here to North Leitrim, this is a place set apart a place to visit. One in awe of the cultural wonder, the other fidgety and uncomfortable out of the city. And our families and neighbours all on the cusp of at least two cultures. Something special to see here. Oh, not that the story stopped there. It was never analysed after its telling, but the messages were clear. There is an East and a West. Both cultures and languages have coexisted. You must be kind. No one likes the sneering assistant. And above all, oh see, Irish or English, singing, church, parlour, concert hall or pub, singing was the crowning glory. And there are universities. I was in the back of the car while two men in the front talked. Sligo Rovers and their progress in the Cup and the League. They wondered how could a small town sustain a competitive club against the Dublin clubs? His companion wanted to include me in the football talk. Uh, I tried to keep up. Then the football companion asked what I would like to be when I grew up. Well, almost to test the water, by that I mean to see what my dad's reaction was. I said, with no conviction I know, uh, that I'd, I'd like to be a, a train driver. And it got a reaction. Good for him, as long as he goes to university first. You had these images of a country area that families and academics and some tourists visited. A town nearby that was trying to compete with the capital in football. In the cities there were places to study and sort of naturally you go to university. But on the Merada, the long finger for now. A different assumption from a neighbour, a relative, well a friend of the family, probably a second cousin. He had lived in Glasgow. He suggested indeed encouraged that I should keep growing, that it was a good thing to be tall, that I should try to be five feet ten inches and that that would qualify me as entry for the Glasgow police. 
This made good sense. He fell short, literally by an inch or so. Aye, disappointed. Worked the rest of his working life in Glasgow, but in work that didn't have an occupational pension. His loss, he felt, was twofold. He hadn't the comfort in older age of a policeman's pension and the work, the casual work on the docks and the roads, had taken its toll on his health. So I was to keep growing and aim for Glasgow. Even the ease of route was identified. I could take the train from Drummahair to Enniskillen and a connection to Belfast and then on to the ferry. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Are you interested in trying a new smartphone but still a little unsure? Do you want a phone that offers larger icons with louder sound and an interface that has technology designed for seniors? Well, why not choose from the Doro range by simply visiting doro.ie? Doro, make friends with innovation. Dad had lots of stories about his own first love, the love of school and being aware of the humbug. He often talked about humbug that came with the system of schools and their inmates. Trinity, he would tell us, had a bar, a religious bar, for communicant Anglicans only. One student, he said, had his belly full of the pretense. Few took the obligations as seriously as the founders intended, which was to train the ruling class and keep the Catholics out of there and in their place. So the radical student refused to say he had any religion and called himself a sun worshipper, just for the fun of it. The authorities saw to it that on a Sunday morning he fulfilled college obligations by worshipping the sun at sunrise. Knock on his door early in the morning to be in time to worship the rising sun. As a lesson, this was very clear. There are authorities who will do stupid things to keep control. Others will challenge the humbug. So be alert to any fallible system. And the context is that we have two traditions. But the silly or apparently clever student was often the butt of one of his stories. The philosophy student who had failed to read anything about Descartes but knew a bit about the rationalist philosopher. Most famously, Descartes had written, I think, therefore I am, cogito, I think, ergo, therefore, sum, I am. The unprepared student wrote, ergo sum cogito, which translate, therefore I am, I think. His teacher said, you have put Descartes, Descartes, before the horse. And a favourite or oft-repeated story was about an essay. Final English exam, Trinity, again. The title, The Marriage Feast of Cana, The Miracle of Turning Water into Wine. Final year student, Oliver Goldsmith, wrote nothing in the hour allocated. A minute to go, he wrote one sentence, which was awarded top marks. The award winning one-liner, the still waters moved and blushed.
The point was that there are the few who are gifted. But if you're not in that tiny group, then you just have to work hard. Ah, back to the business of just wandering around the village. The blacksmith's forge was a firm favourite after school or during the holidays. The drama, the routine, the chemistry and the percussive score were all fascinating. Horse or pony tethered, hooves shorn, then a break to ready the furnace, belching sparks of blues, pinks and reds. Shoes ready, place leg between blacksmith's legs, hot shoe applied, nailed on. Just fascinated. Well, no side talk. Pony shod. Now time for exchange of money and time to chat. My mother was also a storyteller. A favourite tale was about the celebrity visitor, long-term resident at the hotel during the war. A Dutch journalist, Kees van Hook, a significant author and highly respected journalist. On one of his trips to Dublin, to collect a colleague, they passed Maynooth on their way back to Drumahair, dominated by the largest seminary in the country. Student seminarians had years of philosophy, of church history, of theology, and his Dutch colleague wanted to know what the building was. Uh, the reply, oh, that's where the young men of Ireland are taught how to be dance hall managers. The stories gave a permission to criticise through the drama of the dialogue, an indirect uh, permission. Now, the question was a good one. What were they doing running dance halls? Time now for action. The yard of the hotel. A sheep is being butchered. Food for the guests. Footballers, young footballers waiting. Inners removed. A bladder is spared and tossed to the lads waiting, dipped in a bucket to clean. Postman's discarded rubber band is used to tie the inflated bladder and off you go round the yard and the village kicking the new football. His friendship with my godfather was a long-standing one. Plenty of shared stories from the bar, the lounge bar. On one occasion, the godfather didn't want to appear impressed by his visitor, his sister's husband a professor of maths. Yes, down from Dublin. So he introduced the professor as a teacher of big sums. Another time when he heard a proud local tell of his son's success in New York, saying he had 20 men under him, he wondered, was he working upstairs? A third member of the club was a local doctor who insisted my godfather get to a specialist in Dublin because of the deleterious effect of prolonged heavy drinking. On his return from the appointment with the specialist, Chapman relayed the conversation. Ed, do you drink? asked the specialist for openers. Oh, of course. The body needs a pint of water at least a day. Oh, do you drink alcohol? the specialist persisted. No, deadly poison, gritted teeth this time. Do you drink alcoholic beverages? Yes. What sort? Whiskey. How much? Doubles or large ones. Why? Well, they won't buy me anything larger. Shocked when he told him how many doubles, how many large ones, every day, every day. 
The specialist was gentle but not hopeful. The moral was always plain in this story. Drink and drinking can be great fun, but it can be addictive and injurious to your health. Now it was messages time. Basics from the local shops, meat from the butcher, chops and stewing steak, more drama, more percussive effects with the meat cleaver onto the butcher's table, worn through to a hollowed-out boat-like object, knives sharpened, waited for a sort of glint off the huge knife before proceeding to pare off excess fat, and a cue which was both audience and stage extras. One day, I can still remember, oh, they were very engaged at the news of the arrival of the ESB, the Rural Electrification Scheme. Some wondered if it would be the equal of the local electric scheme. Others were delighted that everyone would have it, town and country. So, to the butchers for commentary on the news. A sort of early day talk to Joe. Home to find the newspapers read and finished with, but now used to cover the table so that tobacco could be mixed. The recipe was plug tobacco, which was cut carefully with a penknife, mixed with Balkan Sobrani. That was a sweet tobacco, which came out as rolls, like sweets. The mixture smelled sweet before and after the pipe was lit. Oh, better than smoking cigarettes, which he gave up when he married my mother. Yet, years later, many years later, the nicotine stains remained doggedly on his fingers. So, a choice of three papers on the weekdays. The popular independent was preferred. Was this a hint of his political inclination? Committed party followers would only read their party paper. And I just wanted comics. Dundee for Jam, Jute and Jerusalem, including the comics. And I felt guilty knowing there were more serious books to read in the house, but I just loved Roy of the Rovers and Action Men in the comics. Some stories seemed so fantastic that you wanted to know what the truth was in the tale. How tall was the tale? Now, this one might be based on some truth. She was like a Chicago May, he said. She had left, well, hereabouts, somewhere near South Leitrim, or Longford was her home place. Years in America, she fell in with bad company. The gangs, the crimes, left her with money. And after years of gangland Chicago, she returned home, a stretch limo. The hint was that the second stretch car was for those riding shotgun. She arrived at her original home place. She saw an elderly woman dragging water from a well. And Chicago May, Mark II, gets out of the car. And instead of a long, warm embrace, surprise and maybe reconciliation, she just waved, saying, Hi, Ma! And then told the driver to drive off. Now, the drama was easy to see. The cold harshness always left me uncomfortable. It was meant to. Don't fall in with bad company. Any return should always be to a welcome to Cade Mila Falcha. Not, not like this. Money, yes, but lost.
and then he would uh, counsel you in an aside that money talks, but it only whispers to the like of you and me. Was there any truth at all in that story? No, I have no idea. The, the drama and the moral of the story was the point. My mother, as I said, told stories as well, closer to home. They were all family stories about what she remembered. Clearly and consistently, there was a theme that she had got these from her mother, who in turn had heard from her mother. Butter, butter was the business. Make butter in Banagher, looking down on the lake, and then the journey to Sligo, to the market. And then there was always one gem in the story which gave such a convincing finale to the story that she, her grandmother, would change into good shoes as she approached the town. Don't let the side down, best side out. The picture confirms that they dressed well for the market. And then you patch in the other details. Made of Brefney boat to Sligo with the other market goers. Then, to her mother's own fierce independence in two very evocative stories. They lived in the lodge gatehouse. My grandfather was a coachman, among presumably other duties. My grandmother was the district nurse. The lodge owner insisted that the gate be closed. Oh, grandmother overruled her, saying that the pregnant had to have an open gate to call on her day or night, and she won. And her visits to the traveller's tents was criticised by one local. How can they be clean, was the criticism. The sheets, grandmother replied, are as white as the canawan, about cotton. The model was clear. You stand up to your employer or your husband's employer. Be kind and independent. As young lads, it wasn't clear, and we probably didn't inquire too closely if we were allowed to wander around the lodge grounds. I suppose we knew we shouldn't. A type of Victorian walled garden. Beside the pear tree, being trained along a wall, were the bamboos. Ah, we were there for the bamboo canes, which were our earliest fishing rods. Line, hook and a reel later when we had a better rod from Robinson's shop. Cork from any of the bottling pubs. Bait from any patch of ground for worms and grubs. Now, blackhead worms were supposed to be the best. Down to the river, watch the adults fishing and try to catch something, anything. Ah, oh, there was eels aplenty and we caught perch, but we left little value on either of them keep going until a trout of any size could be landed. That world on the riverbank had its own characters, some serious and recognisable kit, kit and on parts of the river reserved to them. Oh, they had a variety of rods and nets, waders and gaffs among them. Drinks in a local after a day on the riverbank. Others were neighbours, Adults who knew how to fish and were successful. Ours was slower, fairly unsupervised. Hit and miss for me anyway. Maybe her clearest stories were from her school days. The Angelus bell rang 
the teacher, my brother and sister's grandfather, asked the class to pray with him, pray the Angelus. He was clearly and openly upset. Crying, he seemed inconsolable. He wanted them to pray for his daughters who had left home to be nuns, one to South Africa, another to an enclosed order in Tyburn, London, another elsewhere in England, and another to Dublin. She had never seen her teacher cry before, and she was never to forget it. On another occasion during the War of Independence, the school principal, the teacher who had recently lost so much, was arrested in the school, in class, during lessons, and taken into custody. He wasn't involved in any way, but his adult children were, and this was an attempt to intimidate him and them, roughly manhandled by the black and tans in front of terrified children. Oh, marbles and plenty to chew on in these stories. Despite a large family, this was loss, never to see his daughters again. Don't be afraid to cry, especially about precious family. Men can cry. And as for the black and tans, they were just beyond the pale. The conscious indignity of invading his and the children's special, precious space in the school classroom was unconscionable and unforgivable. Clearly, we were all in this together against these outrages. At the kitchen table, we heard of family involvement in the War of Independence. It began with descriptions of raids on the family house, again the Black and Tans, this time searching for her brothers or intimidating the family. This trauma on her as a young girl meant that for the rest of her life, she couldn't stand being in a room by herself. She always needed company. Four of her brothers were out involved. Four. It was always described as out, but the meaning was clear. And with the treaty forming the new state, the division, that division of precious comrades in arms came. Her brothers were now on opposite sides, two on each. And it came to a crucial confrontation in a siege at Mercury Castle, nearby, outside Coluny the National Army inside, the anti-treaty forces outside, brothers on both sides of the siege. Later, they were asked by their mother how they could have lived with themselves if they, God spare us, knew that their brother might be killed and that they might be responsible for his death. In separate conversations, they said the same thing, that on that day, every shot they fired was up in the air so that they wouldn't be responsible. The cost of the Civil War was high. Her sister, my aunt and godmother, was engaged to be married to Joe Ring, a brigadier with the National Army. In a final letter to her, he would recount how he would retake the armoured car taken at the ambush near the lake, or be brought back as a corpse to be waked and buried. Alas, sadly, he was killed, and she never married. His memorial cross is neglected.
Oh, the mortals just tumbled out. Be proud. Be rightly proud of your family and the part they played. Listen if you want to hear the undocumented stories. But there is a cost, and it is painful. The black and tans were beneath and beyond contempt. These and similar stories are intimately known and remembered locally. And, as with so many others, they too had to leave. Three of the four brothers had to leave. Constant imperative. Yep, to New York. Ah, maybe there was a need to tell their tales for them. Ah, but the women always emerged as heroines. Strong women. The day job, pastime really in the summer holidays, took me to the creamery on an ass and cart. A morning apprenticeship in the art of slow movement. If for nothing else it was worth it to see the horsemanship, the showmanship of one farmer, he had a piebald cob, lively and giddy in the shafts of the cart. The owner gave her a workout by riding her bareback after milk was delivered. Then, like a circus act, riding around while standing on her back, to great amusement and loud cheers and yahoos. Skills with horses were regarded as higher-ordered skills. They were highly valued. The kitchen table stories were like the ideas of the founder of the BBC. It was to inform, educate and entertain. And the area, the village and the surrounding countryside was the outside broadcasting unit. I suppose it was the same as the African expression that it takes a village to raise a child. There seemed to be a story for many, for almost any occasion. Church, churchmen, school, officials, American and Irish politics, recent Irish history were among the many, many topics. But none were neutral. All had you thinking that there was a moral. The thing was, it was just as important to talk among ourselves as it was to be talked at by the radio or the telly. Wandering, fishing, playing marbles gave time to slow down even more. But nothing much seemed to happen. You learned to notice, learned to listen, and learn be kind. Some rules are just plain silly. Dance halls don't have to be run by the parish priest. Drinking can be very sociable, but be careful. The revolutionary years were very hard. Were there other stories? Did I ever tell you the one about, or have I told you the one about... Phone poke and newawet, on will knappy no fum nis orjawet, nis eskalehusod, faker no phone in tokatal gwin, on cho, egg doro, on von klishte is dany, gidi gohon la hai glina, agus taskina, tarod egen, gogoktina, tanismo olis, egg, doro, dot com.